Welcome to the Living Word, the teaching ministry of Pastor Fisayo Adeniyi, lead pastor of the Ransomed House Lagos. Get ready for enlightenment, encounter, and impartations by the Word. Be blessed as you listen. Can you open to Isaiah chapter 43? Isaiah 43, and then we read verses 10 and 12. And then we're going to read also John chapter 15, and then we read verses 26 and 27. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. All things being equal, Isaiah should be uh, in the book, uh, in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. It should not be in your New Testament, except you have to rearrange your Bible every morning. Um, some people say, by the reason of use. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isaiah and then 43. 43. Um, you shouldn't, it shouldn't be difficult to find, especially for you, because um, many of us are also using the soft Bibles, so it should be easier to find, not difficult. All right, let's stand as we just honor God's word, as we read God's word together. Isaiah chapter 43, and then we read verses 10 to 12. This was God himself speaking. Listen to these. He said, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. The Lord is speaking. He said, you are my witnesses, uh, declares the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, <laughs> nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I am not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. That I am God. So who is the witness that is God? Uh, I'll ask that question again. I, I believe you read it with me. Okay. Who, is the, who are the witnesses that is God? We are the witnesses. He said, you are my witnesses. So it therefore suggests that without us, there are, it's not a, there's nobody who will proclaim that is God. You see, this is God speaking. He said, you are my witness that I am God. Alright, so we expect the world to tell us and to prove that he is God. And that's the problem many times. You go on social media so that they can agree and conclude that he is God. But that's wrong. From scriptures, it says, you are my witness that I'm God. Now, that's New Old Testament. Somebody says, let's go to the New Testament and see what God is saying again. John chapter 15, very quickly. John chapter 15. John chapter 15, are you there? If you are not there, can you say, wait for me? 26 to 27. John 15, 26 to 27. And the Bible says, uh, when the counselor comes, this was Jesus speaking, talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify. Jesus saying, you must do what? For you have been with me from the beginning. You also must testify because you have been with me from the beginning. So for a few minutes, even this morning, I'm going to be speaking on a true witness of Jesus. A true witness of Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, thank you, O God, because the entrance of the word gives light and gives understanding unto the simple. Father, simple folk, we've come to learn at your feet. Father, I make my tongue the pen of a ready writer. Daddy, I write the word of life upon the spirit of your people. After now, O God, make us better people. Let us walk according to your counsel and mandate for our lives. Thank you, O God, because it is so. In Jesus' matchless and beautiful name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. You can have your seats in God's presence. A true witness of Jesus. 
a true witness of Jesus. All right, so Isaiah, we read Isaiah, and Isaiah made a, and God was speaking in Isaiah. He said, you are my witness. He's not saying uh, somebody else will be. He said, you are my witnesses that I am God. So whether he's living, whether he's alive, only you can tell the world that. Now let me start by saying that we live in a very cool generation. And what a time to be alive. Where people will not want to rock the boat. Where people will love our mates, our toys, and our games. I would just love to be cool. And, and there's absolutely nothing wrong in wanting to be cool. But the problem with being cool is that we are being so cool that we are watching our neighbors and our friends heading towards an, an, a God, an eternity without God. And that's the problem. We are watching them move on to an eternity without God. It's not so cool to be in hell. But we are being cool. You see, being cool can become pretty bad. Because every time we plot the line between good and nice, to be sure we are in good keepers of our neighbors. You see, there's a difference between being nice and being cool. Now, I, I, I can be a cool person, but I will tell you truth. And a generation does not want to hear truth, but we keep telling our neighbors all is fine, all is well with them, all is good, because we want to be seen as nice folks. But I want you to understand that if we're actually going to be good neighbors and good keepers of our neighbors, then we must learn to tell them truth. And truth according, according to God's word. What is God saying? What is God demanding of them? When we all have to show for our Christianity, all we have to show for our Christianity, many times, is our well-read Bibles. Amen. Our well-read Bibles. Some of you have Bibles that you've almost painted. Red, green, blue. That's all we have. And we do not have a foot that has been soiled with the preparation of the gospel of Christ. That means that all you have is that you, you pray a lot. I mean, you, you pray in tongues for hours. That is fantastic. You read, you read your Bible. That is awesome. But look at us. We don't go all out to reach out to people and tell them about Jesus. And there's a problem there. There's a problem because if we don't go tell the word, nobody's going to do that job for us. We have neglected our calling to be witnesses of Christ in our pursuit. Of money, fame, toys, and games. Glory to God. So many times, I mean, if this meeting were to be a meeting of a miracle service, glory to God, and I'm going to lay hands on folks, and you are going to receive the power of the Holy Ghost, and bondages are going to be broken, I'm sure many of us will come. Many people will be here more than this. You know why? Because we are a people who are looking for the things from God, but we are not ready to do the things God demands from us. I'm here to tell you that the relationship God has called us to is supposed to be symbiotic. Which means that God has called us uh, to give us things uh, fine and it's awesome. But much more than that, God also demands certain things from us. Am I speaking to someone? So it is not important that you know that God will do things for you. And it's fine. That's why we pray. We pray so that we can receive, we can ask God who is the maker of the heavens and the earth. But it's much more important than that that we also know that God has an expectation for you and I. The world will not be told except we go tell the world. The world will become unsaved, will remain unsaved if nobody goes out and tells the world. We are called to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. Bible says when the counselor comes, he will testify of me. That's what Jesus said. But he said much more than that, you also must testify. It's not that you should try and testify. We've become a church where we have given a few people the task to evangelize and talk about Jesus to the world, especially if you are not called by that title, a pastor or a preacher. You've left that job to certain people. And you have left yourself. You stay indoor and you just pray indoor. You are a cool Christian. Look at the number and say you are a cool Christian. 
Is he smiling? Is he smiling? If he or she is smiling, it means they are very cool. I mean, you just describe them. They are cool Christians. They rarely talk to anybody about Jesus. They just love their God, and they keep their God to themselves. You know, somebody said, I keep my God private. I serve God privately. Glory to God. We are called to testify of what we have seen, what we have had, and what we have experienced. We are not alone in this. The Holy Spirit is doing it also, but he needs us. Because the Holy Spirit needs a voice in the heart. He can't go speak to the word except you speak to the word. I mean, we all need to do more than we are doing. Listen, and I tell people this, we are the only hope of the world. Can I say that to somebody again? We are the only hope of the world. If you go all around social media, you go all around our world, you see a world that is broken. A world that is broken. You see a nation that is broken called Nigeria. Everything seems to be broken and you need a miracle to fix it. The problem is not people calling themselves believers, is that we are not really followers of Jesus. And if you really are followers of Jesus, you will not keep quiet. Salt is useless if it doesn't get added to something. Light is useless if we don't turn it on. So yes, we are the salt and we are the light of the world, but what are we going to do with what we have? Jesus is counting on us. Listen, millions are going to a lost eternity. And it's time we tell ourselves the truth. Millions, not one person, are going to a lost eternity. Except we do something. Except you witness for Jesus. I know this is not the kind of message you want to hear today. You want to hear a message about glory, power, strength, and joy. But this is your duty. You, I believe that as Jesus is us, we are not fulfilling an injunction. He said, you will receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, Acts chapter 1 and then verse 8. Uh, I mean, we prayed using Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Uh, and he said, and you shall be witness. So the reason you have power is so that you can be witness. Can you see that? He gave us power so that we can be witness. Look at that. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Do you see that? You shall do what? You shall receive what? Power. How? After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So if you have the Holy Ghost, uh, he has come upon you. Now power has come upon you. And look at that. That's a colon there. It's explaining what will happen after you have received that first half. And he's saying, and then you shall be witnesses unto me. Can you see that? So power is given so that you and I can be witnesses. So that we can witness Jesus to the world. The gospel will be seen and added in our world today through us. If nobody tells the word, nobody will know. And that's very important. Let me move on here very quickly. And I want to tell us who is a witness. A witness is not, you see that word witness is actually not a spiritual word. Because when we talk about witness, people want to hear the Greek and all of that. A witness is actually not a spiritual word. Look at that. A witness is a person who gives testimony of the certainty of a fact or an event. A witness is someone who gives a testimony about the certainty of an event. That means I was there. I saw it happen. So I can give a testimony because I, was, I witnessed the thing happening. That's a witness. Sorry for using that word witness. I mean, I am there. I saw it. And I can bear testimony that these things are true. Therefore, if you are involved, if you, maybe, maybe there was an incident or an accident on the road and a lot of people gather and people are asking the question, what really happened? You know, in Nigeria, when things happen like that, you just see a lot of crowd and half of them don't really know what happened. Do you understand? They just know that people are gathering and then they stop and then they gather and then they are looking and then you are wondering what's going on here. You actually are going to be asking that question, who knows exactly what happened? Ah, no, the car was coming. You hear a lot of bull and cock story. Do you understand that? But you will find one person who saw it. 
And then the person tells you, you know, that car was coming and this car just came out. Now, that is a witness. He's testifying of what he saw. A veracity of a fact. So that's that word witness. I mean, if you have watched uh, any Nigerian movie or any movie at all, you will hear them in court. They will say, I call my witness. Even though you are not a lawyer, you understand he's telling you somebody who can corroborate the truth in a story. That's what a witness is. Is that so? All right. So you understand what a witness is. Now, from that very truth, we can now begin to lay a foundation here. And what is that foundation is that uh, have you really tasted that God is true? Is God personal to you? Have you, do you in your own wide experience of living, is there a prayer that God has really answered for you? Have you ever encountered Jesus? Now those are, those are very valid questions. Have you, do you have one testimony? I mean, as I'm saying these things, one thing is going to be happening to you. You are going to be bringing out it in your heart. I'm going to be thinking, do you have a prayer that has been answered? Do you understand that? And then you're going to be thinking, did I ever encounter Jesus? Have I ever seen a vision before? Have I ever seen God before? All right, have you ever been delivered and you knew that that was God? It could only be God. When you became born again, can you remember what happened to you? Can you flash your mind back to how you used to live before you knew Jesus and now that you know him? What are the differences in your life? Therefore, the things that are the difference and the reality that are personal to you. You see, with what I've said now, you can, you can one thing is sure now that these things are very personal. Am I speaking to someone? So, our own story will not be my own story. My answered prayers is not an answered prayer. Uh, my encounter with God is not an encounter with God. We are not speaking of scriptures here. Do you understand that? My encounter is not an encounter. What changed in me when I became born again were probably not our issues at all. Alright, so when I be, before I became born again, I was masturbating. Probably she was not. Probably nobody here is. You understand that? So you're asking yourself those questions and seeing what has really transformed and really changed in me. Now, when God is calling you to therefore go forth and be his witness, he's asking you to testify. Your testimony, your personal experience with God is your witness. Listen, 1 John chapter 1 and then verse 1. John started his letter. And I love, I love how he started his letter. Um, and, and then he said, that which was from the beginning. That which was from the beginning, which we have had. Can you see that? Which we have seen. Now this is John 1.1. 1, 1. You, you can go back to where you were before. All right? That which we have had, which we have seen with our eyes. This is John chapter 1 verse 1, in case you're wondering where it's reading. I'm, I'm quoting 1 John 1 and 1, all right? That which was from the beginning, which we have had, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. Can you see that? That which was from the beginning, which we have had. He was saying these are personal things. We saw it with Jesus. Our eyes saw it. We undid it. We were convinced about this. These are the things we are proclaiming. So you will discover that what Peter was proclaiming was different from what Paul was proclaiming. Because Paul was not there. Paul never saw Jesus heal and deliver. Paul was not part of the circle, inner circle. He was not there at the month of transfiguration. But Peter was there. So Peter was saying, these things we saw, these things we undo, these things we are committing to you. 
Therefore, it is not a thing about, you know, I don't really know much of scriptures. To actually be a witness is not so much about scriptures, it's so much about the transformation that God has done in your life. Our world is dying and we are, and we are lying to ourselves. We are not telling ourselves the truth. Why? Because you still have neighbors, you still have friends. In fact, your best friend might be an Aristo and you are cool with that because you're a cool Christian. Oh, maybe I should have titled this sermon, The Dangers of Cool Christianity. Maybe that would have brought a spark to us. The danger of cool Christianity. We just love being cool. We like, we like our coolness. You know, we probably came to church today, you wore your perfume, right? And then you, your bag is probably Sabato uh, Veragamo, and then you look so good. I mean, you smell nice. When you sat down, the person looked you in the face, you thought he was actually falling in love. He was actually commending your perfume. You get, you, 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 you dress so cool. Therefore, when you even eat the road on a normal day, you don't like talking to people so much because you are a cool person. Can cool people say Hallelujah. Oh, am I speaking against being cool, really? But, I mean, that's the danger of being cool Christianity. We just love our things. The Apostle John was an eyewitness. Based upon his testimony, we know some of the facts concerning the life of Jesus. I'm glad they testified. I'm glad they wrote what they wrote. Because without them testifying and writing what they saw. In fact, when you read the book of Matthew, what you are reading is the gospel account according to Matthew. He was telling you what he witnessed, what he saw. What is your witness? What are you writing? I look at your status on social media. You can't go out and preach because you say you are shy. Look at your status on social media. Look at your post. Nothing about Jesus. You say, you know what? I'm a cool believer. Glory to God. Welcome to the world of coolness. It wasn't cool for him to die on the cross of Calvary. I don't know whether you've ever pinched yourself with a needle. Now imagine a nail coming in. And then they put a thorn on his head. I thought you want a crown on your head, especially when you are getting married these days. I mean, that's, that's night before your wedding day. Uh, they, they call lazy bridal shower, and then they put a crown on your head. Imagine it being a crown of thorns. And then they make sure you fixed, so that it was fixed. It wasn't that I just put it there. They put it there so that the blood can gush out. It wasn't, don't let me preach gory today, but I can really preach gory so that you can understand what he went through. But Jesus went through all of that. And after many years... I tell you that he saw your name and he saw your face. And he thought you were worth dying for. It wasn't cool. It was just the reality of that experience. He thought that you were worth dying for. But here you are. You would rather be cool than testify that he is actually the Lord. I think two weeks ago we thought about that. About the fact that Jesus is Lord, right? Jesus is Christ. John, you still remember that? And he is the son of God. I mean, those three things are unique. And those are the three things you need to testify to the word about. John, he said these things, John 20 and verse 31. He said these things have been written that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the son of God. And that believing you may have life in his name. <laughs> he said this is what we wrote. We witnessed it and that's why we are writing to you. I don't know about you. But it's so important that what we see and what we experience, we talk about it. I tell people, if you are really excited, I mean, let, let's just be very practical. I like preaching practical messages. Have you gone through any experience that is very exciting before? The first thing you do is to talk to your neighbors about it. Is that not so? Your best friend about it. Even if they are not in town, you call them. I know people who do one hour gist on WhatsApp. Glory to God. And somebody can grab one. Five hours, 34 minutes on WhatsApp. I said that's a whole day. He said, no, we don't talk every time. <laughs> you know, we have a way of, you know, when you are excited, 
I mean, if you are a Madrid fan, fan yesterday, even though the match finished 11 p.m., you are going to talk to some people. Say, we beat them. They are father. <laughs> you know what? Excitement. Anything that is exciting to you, you will talk about it. The reason we are not talking about Jesus is that we are not excited about him. Can I say that to you again? The reason we are not talking about Jesus is because we are not excited about him. If we're excited, you are not so busy or so bored, you will talk about it. When a lady just discovers a spa shop, or a lady just discovers a place where they sell the best of clothes, the first thing he's going to do is to talk to them, to them girls. I say, hello, I found one place. Ah, baby! Ah! You understand that? Did I just do a 316? <laughs> I mean, they just, they are, they are very excited. They talk about it. There is that, that, oh, bad. And then they talk about it, and they keep talking. People say, I don't know guys talk. I say, you don't, you've not met guys. There is nobody that does so full like guys. They just talk about guys. They lie. Guys, when they sit down in their can, corner, hey, our boys start talking. If you are the topic, you are in trouble. I'm telling you, because they will dissect your life. And you hear them say, wow, hmm, guy. And from, my, from football, they go to politics. From politics, they now go to personal stuffs. I start talking about what happened yesterday, blah, blah, blah. And then now talk to girls. They talk about girls. What is guys talk without girls? I mean, they talk about girls and then they, they just keep talking. You know why? They are excited. Excitable people, you know how excited a person is by the things they talk about. You've been Jesus, you've been a follower of Jesus. You have been a Christian for 15 years. Look at you. You've never spoken to somebody about Jesus. You are not excited about him. You are just a Jesus follower by name. You just bear his name. Somebody's wondering, why did I come to church today now? We are his witness. Somebody said, but I didn't enroll to be a witness. You are a witness by spiritual birth. The moment you became born again, you became a witness. You may not know all the doctrines of the Bible, in and out, but you know Jesus. And that suffice. That's enough. You know Jesus, that's enough. That's enough. You have something to say. You can share your personal first-hand experience with Jesus. Something that no one can copy or imitate. It's personal to you. Your experiences are personal to you. You are the best narrator of your own encounters with Jesus. You are the best one who can talk about this. How when you lost all your monies, it gave you hope to live again. How when people disappointed and deserted you, it gave you hope to live again. You are the only one who can talk about your personal encounters. The reason many people have given out a marriage, you know why? Because those who have good marriages are not talking. Are you following me? So it seems like the loudest are the people with wisdom. It seems that those who are loud are actually the experience of people. Why? Because we have become an humble, uh, an humble people. Like cool people, you understand? Cool people are humble people. They just like to show forth by their smells and their clothes. Glory to God. Alright, so you are cool. So you don't talk about anything. But the people of the world are very noisy. So they will talk about how marriages are failing. They will talk about uh, how God is a scam. And you are angry as you are watching on the phone. You are very angry, but you do nothing about it. You will not even comment. You say, yes, God is a scam. I think so too. Maybe that pastor was scamming somebody. Is God that pastor? Is that your experience? Have you ever been scammed? Why are you angry? Do you understand what we're saying? 
If the old people in our churches will become Jesus' followers and all of us go into what is known as our world, whatever that means to you in your context, and begin to share the message and the love of Jesus and the encounters they have had with Jesus, many people will keep quiet. If all of us in this church, we from today begin to share that gospel of Christ, even the kingdom will advance and even the church will grow. We need to become a people who are followers of Jesus. The Apostle John put it where I love it. He said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, I think I said that. He said, the life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. That's verse 2, 1 John chapter 1. He said, the life appeared. He said, we have seen it and we testify of it. If you have really seen it, why are you not testifying? Why are you not testifying? Something is wrong somewhere. See that something is wrong somewhere. I believe so. You know, all of us come to know Christ differently. Peter had his own experience. Thomas had a different experience. Matthew had a different experience. And I'm sure everybody here has different experiences with God. I'm sure. What got you interested in Jesus was different from what got me interested in Jesus. They are not all the same, but they point to the same thing. The same bond again relationship with Jesus. You have a story to tell. Listen, I, I can teach you a formula. You know, we go, we, you know, we have become a church who does a lot of evangelism training. And then they tell you a formula when, they, when you enter the bus. So you say, good morning, Martins. Uh, oh, my name is Martins. How are you doing? And they say, ah, good morning. And then you are very happy. And then you're talking to the person. You know, they can give you those formulas. But you know, you will try that for one week. And you will stop. And those formulas may not work. You know why? Because you are not passionate about it. Anybody who is passionate does not need formula. Can I say that again? Passionate believers don't need formula. They just talk. How many of you needed a formula to ask a lady out? <laughs> I didn't read any book to ask my wife out. Which book? <laughs> love was burning in the heart. You just can't pour it out. When you love someone, you love them, you just say it. If you really love Jesus, you won't need 10 hours to prep yourself. I can do this. I can do this. I'll 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 do this. Because you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to be disgraced. Like I said, you're a cool Christian. But being a cool Christian does not mean you're a good Christian. Let me say this to you. Witnessing again, I think that's number four I want to emphasize, is that witnessing is who we are more than what we do. It's not the work we do, it is who we are. It's who we are. Ladies and gentlemen, who we are is that we are believers. It is not about what we do, it is who we are. I remember the story I used to share a lot, and I'll tell you that story. So one time a young chap was in church. Uh, a young chap was in church, and then the lady had so much like you had now that you preach to your neighbor, talk to your neighbor about Jesus, uh, go evangelize the world, glory to God. So she came out of that and fired, and then she went home. And then there was this neighbor, and then she went to that neighbor and said, you are going to hell. You don't know Jesus. You are going to hell. You know, people don't like people talking about hell, but I don't mind talking about hell because why are you afraid of? Why are you angry with hell? If you're, it's not a place you are going. I mean, <laughs> I, I talk about hell, it's, it's not a problem. It's like somebody getting angry that they're talking about Nigeria. I mean, you are in Nigeria, why are you angry? You are here already. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to hell, so I can't talk about hell. And so this guy was talking, and then he said, you know, you're going to hell. You need to give your life to Jesus. And the young guy looked at her, 
and said, you know, your life is shouting so much, I cannot even hear what you're saying. I think that's deep wisdom, right? Do you, uh, do you understand what the young guy was saying? That listen, I can only see your life. I know be you. <laughs> if you are a believer, I'm a pope. <laughs> no be you. That's what he was saying. No be you. You can't, you can't, you must be joking. You are preaching. No, nah, but <laughs> say your life is shouting so much. You know, I, I feel that guy was not um, he's not like a guy like Masia. I'll just tell last street. But this one just let me code it. So the woman, the lady went back and asked the pastor and said, Pastor, I was trying to evangelize, like you said, and he said, Your life is shouting so much. I don't know and he snapped it. What do you think he was saying? He said, ah, it's so clear. What he was saying was that your life is a testimony people will bear. Your life is a testimony. You shouldn't be the hardest person to work with at your workplace. Oh my God. Have you found saucy believers? Angry believers? Angry bird? Just say one thing, they are flying out. Hi, is it me you are talking to? Oh, glory to God. You know, when you do all of that, you become very anxious and all of that. People are noticing that that's what it means to be a believer. So that's what it means to follow Jesus. I don't think I need that Jesus. Because you became born again, you are now praying the whole street cannot sleep. Have you met people like that? And everybody in the neighborhood is angry. And they say, if that is Jesus, I don't want him. The Bible says Jesus went to the desert to go and pray. I'm not saying go and pray loud. But there is a place to pray loud. Glory to God. There, there, there are places inside the Bejuleki you can enter. Do you understand? If you want to shout, you can shout. Do you get what I'm saying? But don't be a nuisance to your people. You are fasting, you can't brush your teeth. Glory to God. They greet you at workplace. Yeah. Good morning, good morning. And they start to, you know, it's like you have a repellent. Good morning. What's going on here? Yeah, we're fasting in our church. <laughs> you know what's going on there? That person looks at you and says, I don't think I want this Jesus. I don't think I want this Jesus. If people know I'm a Christian, even if I don't say anything, I'm a witness. My life tells whether I like it or not. I may not be a very good witness, but I am one. Because people are reading me. They are reading the meaning of Christ in my life. The moment they know you are a Christian, they are reading the value of Christ in your life. By your life. Listen, if you are often sad, depressed, unhappy, ungrateful, going around with a long face, that's, why they are going to, that's what they are going to read. They are going to say, oh, that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I mean, I was on the street one of these days, and then one guy looked at me and said, why are you always happy? You are just always smiling. <laughs> I mean, if for him, he, this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. <laughs> always be smiling. Always be happy. Don't you think it's a good one than always be sad and always be depressed? I was driving yesterday and I saw one guy. I said, they said I used to add in my faces. Look at this one. I mean, I saw him and didn't want, if I was going to his shop to buy anything, I would leave. Because I felt like the whole world is upon him. And that's how some of us are. You are so angry. To greet you is a problem. I want to greet you. I'm thinking, what will Jesus say? You know, there's a way we carry our faces. Let me tell you what. Sweet that you are a snob. I just as I say it in a very sweet way. <laughs> that's what you are. And so that's what people think. They just think following Jesus will make them snobs. Glory to God. 
You know, greeting people does not mean that you are, your beauty will drop. Have you tried that before? You know, the way we do it, we do like if you greet someone, your beauty will drop or your handsomeness will just flood, will be flawed. Can you share love more? Can you smile more? Let them know. Relax. Even now, relax. Hey, relax. I know, I'm, I know it's, not a, it's not a shouting message, but relax. Smile. Can we take a smile break? We take a kind of break in this church. We take a prayer break. We take a praise break. Can you take a smile break? <laughs> Some people are not smiling, so we will not continue. That's what we call break. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now let me give us, as we conclude even today, practical ways to work as witnesses. One of the basic purposes of this church is that we are called as the ransom of the Lord and we're empowering people to live for Jesus as ambassadors of Jesus in every space and in every place. It's what God has called us to. And we must represent him in these areas. It's our call, it's our divine mandate to represent Jesus. And I want to give you certain areas you must represent Jesus. Number one area is that you must represent him in your words. Our words must be with grace seasoned with salt. Colossians and then chapter 4 and then verse 6. Our words are the primary way of witnessing. Whether you are consciously trying to reach out to someone or you are just having a gist, your word must be with grace, seasoned with salt. People know me, you don't say F words around me because it's not, I don't, I'm not a slang, I'm not a, I'm not a gutter boy. I'm not, I'm, I'm not just saved from the jail. Do you understand that? So there are dressings you don't see with me. I don't put my jeans here because I forgot my belt. Or because they took my belt as they are putting me in jail. You know, that's the origin. I mean, they're putting them in jail and then they are, the jeans are so sag. Glory to God. I don't say some words. I don't understand how people use gutter languages. That's what I call them, but I don't use them. And I taught myself not to. In fact, I encourage ladies not to speak in pigeon. Is that terrible? I mean, if you are a guy, leave, let guys speak in pigeon. But ladies, it's not cool. How <laughs> you go be now? I mean, when you hear ladies, how you go be now? How you go there well, I tell you, baby. I wonder No, no. Ladies should speak clean Queen English. Glory to God. It's the way it is. Leave pigeon for boys. Make them they do them. Not then, not then in B4. You see, my pigeon is even terrible. Somebody say I use past tense in pigeon. <laughs> you are consciously trying to reach out to people. Use good words. Bible says in James chapter 3 and then verse 2. He says, if any man does not offend in, wo- in words, that person is a follower of God. If you don't offend in words, if you don't offend in words, and listen to this, it's important you do that. Even Jesus was listening to based on his word. Luke chapter 4 and then verse 32. Bible says that Jesus was listening to based on his word. They came to him because he spoke not like others but with authority. Your words are very important. Bible says in Proverbs 15 and verse 4, a suiting tongue is a tree of life. A suiting tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. Perverse lips crushes the spirit. The way you speak. You know, there are people you like going to because of the way they speak. There are, there are your go-to people. When Lagos disappoint you, have, have Lagos disappointed you before? I mean, you enter traffic and then you get to. I don't know whether you have met those traffics before. There was a day myself and someone were coming from uh, mainland. And what was this place on the mainland? And... Um, Google told us that we're going to get to the island and get to our house in three hours. And exactly five and a half hours later, we were on the Tommy Land Bridge. And I was telling myself, Jesus, 
who sent me. I mean, the whole of where I was coming from, you are going to do a merry-go-round, get to go much or return, get back, get back, get back. In less than four hours, you, are, you go, come back. And I'm like, well, who did this to me, Jesus? And you are there. And then you will get home. The first thing you want to do is probably call the person you love the most. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Why? Because you know they are going to soothing you. They want to it's okay, play. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. There's a reason you are calling them because of their words. They give you kind words. Their tongue is soothing. It's a tree of life. God is dependent on your word. When the spirit comes, it touches your tongues. And that's what we find in Acts chapter 1 and then verse 8. You become witnesses of God. I want you to give me, if you can, Romans chapter 10, 13 to 15. Romans chapter 10, 13 to 15. You see, it is your words that are important. Romans 10. I want, to, I want us to read this together. And, and it's my prayer for you that Jesus will find a witness in you. I, I pray for you that you'll be able to stand with God, even in our time and in our generation. It's my prayer for you. Now, look, look at that. He said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. What will happen to him? He shall be saved. Is that what it says? Next verse. How then shall they call on him? The Bible says, whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. So whether the person was born again today or last week, or whether they have been born again for two years, whosoever shall call upon his name shall be saved. Now, the next question is, how shall they call on him? In whom they have not believed. That's a question. You see, Paul was asking. That's a question mark there. He said, oh, and how shall they believe in him? In whom they have not heard. So it's not about them calling again. It's also about them. They have not heard. It's not about believing. You can't believe what you have not heard. Hearing must come before believing. Do you understand that? First of all, you must hear that the man is a good person before you believe the person. Can you see that? He said, how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without what? So you see, we are the problem. Look at him and say, we are the problem. You want to personalize, say, I am the problem. Glory to God. Glory to God. And then look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. Was that 14 we did before? Now let's do 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good news. Glory to God. Look at your feet and say, how beautiful are my feet. Look at your feet. How beautiful are my feet. You need to use it. You need to use it. You need to bring glad tidings. As you meet somebody on the road, you, can, you need to tell them Jesus loves you. And say with a smile. You know there's a way you talk about Jesus and people say, I don't want that Jesus. Jesus loves you. It's better you should not love me. But Jesus loves you. The person will want to listen. I remember somebody was, was, was on the road and somebody I said, I'll come to church. I said, I don't do church. I've had that like a million times. I don't do church. I've had it like a million times. I mean, I've only been in Lagos for two months, three months. And I've had it like a million times. I don't do church. I've given up on church. I don't do church. And then I say, Jesus loves you. And then the lady looks at me and say, and then I, because I got her attention, I started following her. Because love is, a, is an arrester. Love will arrest. If somebody does not listen to you, show them love, they will listen to you. And so that's important. I pray that today your words will heal and deliver and convict. Can I have an amen? amen. That from today your word will begin to heal people. Your word will begin to deliver people. Your word will begin to convict people. In the name of Jesus. That Jesus will be manifested through your words in the name of Jesus. Alright, so what are the practical things? Because you, 
when I preach, I like to make it very practical. So I'm going to give you seven points and practical things you need to do from today. Tap your neighbor and say practical things you need to do from today. So this week, intentionally reach out to people in your life. I mean the crazy ones. Um, glory to God. Uh, I hope you know what we mean by the crazy ones. <laughs> the ones that are... Uh, they are not good, okay? Very simple. The ones that are not good. The ones that you find it difficult to love. Amen. The ones that when I say somebody you don't, you know, Christians don't hate people. They don't just like people. That's the difference. Okay, the ones you don't like. So if I say, one example of somebody you don't like, the one you, that comes to your mind, all right, reach out to them and tell them Jesus loved them and they can be better and share your Jesus story with someone. Can you share your Jesus story with someone? I want to challenge you. Share your Jesus story with someone this week. I know you are, you are into sales. You, you just like making sales. That's your business. I, I, I need you to make a Jesus sale this week. Glory to God. I know you're a social media person, but can you make a social media post for him this week? And I don't mean all those ones, if you don't share this, you are going to air fire. I mean a personal one for, by you. I mean, I mean, I know where I was, and then people will say, I know where I was 10 years ago. When you start a Post like that, people are going to be arrested and say, what's going on here? This lady really speaks. What's she trying to say? And share your story. And say, you know what? If you're in that difficult space, you can just chat me up or enter my DM. Now, they are going to enter your DM. Just share that thing. Do you get what I said you should do? One practical thing to do. Glory to God. Number two, I said that you need to be a witness in words. Number two, you need to be a witness in deeds. By our actions, what we do. The story of the Good Samaritan rings true. Luke chapter 10, 25 to 37, Jesus spoke about the Good Samaritan. And the man was in trouble. He was in problem. And uh, 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 what was the problem of that man was that he was going somewhere to a place uh, and then he was attacked. Uh, and then the priest saw him and moved to another place. Good people, religious folks, cool guys like you. Cool guys like you. They saw him and then they moved to the other side. And then only the Good Samaritan. So you are not a good Christian. You are a cool, you see. It's in scriptures. You see that? And then the good, Samar- the good Samaritan saw him and, said, and took him in and just took care of the person. And, it's, and I love the way John Maxwell put it. He said, people don't care how much you know. They care how much you care. So people are going to listen to you if you really care about them. Nothing reveals who you are than your heart. James was the one who said it in James 2, 17 to 23. He said, you can do your own faith uh, without your works. He said, I will show my own faith by my heart. He said, because faith without works is dead. He said, I'm going to prove my faith by the things I do. If you are truly a Jesus follower, you should prove it by the things you do. How do you respond to being hurt? Being denied, being delayed, being abused. How? I've had, I don't know about you, but I've had some complete meltdowns on Nigerian roads. I mean complete meltdowns on Nigerian roads. And most of these times, I'm very happy that I drive a tinted car. I'm very glad that I do, so that people don't know that this is a proclaimer of Jesus that is in the car. Glory to God. You know what I mean, a complete meltdown? I mean, you are driving. I mean, my wife is giving me a face. She'll be telling me, stop, stop. I say, no. <laughs> I don't know. For those two, one minute, you don't hear anything. I mean, you just, ah, wind down. How, what is wrong with you? And you give him a portion of your heart. Not Jesus loves you. <laughs> what rubbish. I did one in Ibadan. And then I was going and then my wife, you just keep quiet. Say, stop, please, please. Don't say anything. Please, let him go, please. 
All those places, like somebody just speaking to you. <laughs> you know, I, I you know I try and tell you about my fault sometimes, all right? So I say, oh, I say, and then I go, Vroom. and then for ten minutes she will not say anything. It's just go quiet, and then as she's quiet, my Holy Spirit is telling me also my own Holy Spirit. You understand? Now then, surely it's a picture. Now, I'm trying to say to you that I'm glad those days, I mean, when I wind down or something, or when I talk, uh, 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 they don't know that this is a pastor preaching. Do you get what I'm trying to say? All right, so sometimes you're just glad. I hope you are not the Margaret Thatcher in your workplace. I hope so. I hope you are not the queen of sadness. I hope you are not Mr. Depressed. I hope you are not Mr. Killjoy. I hope, I hope that's not who you are. I hope you are not Mr. Death. Oh, we were all, now all of us go, you're dying for this night. You're all dying. <laughs> I hope that's not who you are. I hope you are not Mr. Negativity. Now also, we go try and drive us. Anything will be, 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 kill ourselves. I hope that's not you. You're dark. Practical things to do this week. Practical things to do this week. This week, go out of your way to be a blessing to someone in your workplace. In your neighborhood or even in traffic. So you are in this car. I know it's a public transport. You are there. And then you are just with somebody. Do you know that if you are going to smile at that person, as a lady, and I know there are beautiful ladies in our church, and if you look at somebody close and say, good morning or good afternoon, well, I was going to say, well, like, <laughs> they are going to respond. <laughs> the way they are going to respond to you, I mean, if you say, Jesus, Lord, they will say, yes, I know. Yes, I believe. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, t- I remember those days in the Lord when we used to evangelize. I used to have this lady that was very close to me, so we used to go on the street together. I mean, I would still be holding, and in Lord, some people don't collect trash because they are Muslims. They will not collect trash from you. And this lady will share almost 500 tracks, and I'm still on 80. Because she's beautiful. So they are fast. Eh? <laughs> they have collected it. They've collected it. Why? Because God gave her and she's using it. Look at you. The only one you are using it for. So let's talk about it. Let's just design it. You know what I'm talking about. That's all. Enter traffic. Oh, you know, I used to be do a lot of drama, so I can actually. Enter traffic and just smile at someone. Talk to a stranger. Just gist with somebody at your workplace. You know that guy you used to give attitude because you like him. You just like him, but you cannot tell him. Do you understand? Just go to him and say, hello, Tunde. I hope his name is not Tunde. I'm not working the prophetic. I'm not saying you should marry him. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. So just say, hello, Tunde. How are you doing? I mean, I mean, this is practical Christianity. You will see the way the person will respond to you. I, I, just in that sweaty Lagos boss, whether you're on the island, is white. If you are on the mainland, it is yellow. And you are sweating. Just say, hello, how are you doing? Do you need a bottle of water? Look at you and say, where are you from? And say, Nigeria with thee. Now tell the person about Jesus. Tell him about church. He's going to be in church next week before you come. You know why? That's using what God has given you. That's being a little bit nice. That's in our act. Do something totally unexpected. Do something for somebody. Number three, in power and authority. You have to. I need to move faster here. You have to be a follower of Jesus in power and in authority. It's time to do more. Can I say to you that we are the go generation? Matthew 28 and then verse 19. Say, go ye into all the world 
We are the go generation. We are not the generation that defends. We are generation that actually attacks. We are generation that goes to the word. We are generation that tells the word of the gospel of Christ. We are the go generation. And what that means is that we have to reveal the power of God to the world. Don't be afraid to pray for the sick. Someone is sick around you. Don't be afraid. You are not the one healing them. I prayed for people and they have been healed before and I can tell you truly that it has nothing to do with the man that likes Fandediam. He has nothing to do with me. He has absolutely everything to do with divinity. And we all are carriers of God. Scripture says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will pray for the sick. They shall recover them. And if they pick up anything harmful, it shall not by any means harm them. These signs shall follow them that believe. Believers. It's an anointing you carry. So don't be afraid to move on in the power and the authority of God this week. Are you following what I'm saying? Pray for somebody. Tell the person as you go looking for a job, you will find one. You will find favor this week. Don't be silenced or bullied by the noise of an ignorant generation. Speak up for Jesus. Noise is not the same thing as wisdom. Can I say it to you again? Noise is not the same thing as wisdom. Because we are not loud doesn't mean that they have better ideas than us. Do you get what I'm saying? Pray. Walk in authority. I thought about using our authority. Is that not so? I love the testimony a brother gave. And he shared that testimony with me. Very awesome. He said, you know, when you said we should take authority, I began to take authority. And I said, I have authority. I have power. Jobs are coming to me. He said, and I, and he said sir, I get jobs. Small, small jobs. There were big ones I was using that authority for. He said, I didn't want to use it for all these, um, I made 5,000. He said, I didn't want to. He said, I started making declarations concerning the big ones. He said, somebody just called him from the blues. Somebody, the same message we had here. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why it's the doer of the word that is blessed. Not the hearers alone, deceiving themselves, according to James. And he said, listen, I, 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 and I said, this will happen, this will happen. I said, one guy called me, and he took me to a site, big site. He said, and he started telling me, okay, so how will you run the cables? How will you do this? Okay. By now, you know, maybe CCTV installation. Or whatever. He said, a big site. He said, well, how will you do this? Yeah, I just started laughing. Like, on this man. He said, because he has took me there before, and he didn't give me the job. He said, I didn't say that I've been here before. I was saying, okay, okay we're all running like this. We all do like this. And he said, okay, so when do you want to start? He said, he said, no, I'm ready. He said, normally they pay them 70%. When they finish the job, they give them 30. The remaining 30. He said, the man paid 100% on sports. What happened? Someone stood in authority. Someone stood in authority. As you go this week, don't become a doctor, emergency doctor. Someone is six years. When last did you treat malaria? What's your problem? Are you a doctor? Why are you telling that? What's your problem? Somebody said, I don't have a job. Can, 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 we, can we believe God together? Oh, I, I'm having a rough day. Can we believe God together? I, I lost my peace. Can we believe God together? Can, can I hold your hands? Can we pray together? Things are not working for somebody. Can you just say, can, can, can we pray together? There is a God in the heavens. I've always said it to you, that if there is a people to pray, there is a God to answer. If we would pray, God will answer. Can, can you just say, can we join hands together? Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. Do you get what I'm saying to you? So practical things you will do this week, number practical things now for number three. Will you go? Whatever go means. It might mean writing on social media. It might mean engaging somebody on the street. I actually feel every one of us should engage somebody on the street. Praying for someone we seek. 
holding the hands of someone going through tough times. You know Nigeria is tough. Even the rich will tell you Nigeria is tough. <laughs> Nigeria is very tough. Therefore, a word of encouragement will always suit in somebody. He will tell you, let them know, I, I feel what you're feeling. I see you, brother. Just that message, I see you, brother. You are doing well. And, you, and God is with you. Somebody will look at that message and say, thank you. Because Lagos and the world is telling them, you die here. You can't make it, oh. Bill to bill. Now you. You know when you want to sleep in Lagos, your bill wakes you up. Have you, have you gotten there? This October, lunch, January, right? You know, your bills wake you up. So you need an encourager in the voice. Number four, by being gracious. Now, I love this. Can we become a gracious people? When you see God does anything, he does it in grace. The clearest signature of God is grace. I always tell people, the clearest signature of God is not power. The clearest signature of God is not power. Because devil has power. If he doesn't, people will not follow him. The clearest signature of God is grace. Consider men such as Moses, David, Solomon. Even Paul. Men who by themselves had their inadequacies and weakness, yet God used them. Listen, grace is not just a gift we receive. It is a gift we are supposed to give. And that's why we call it being gracious. If you have ever been touched by grace, then it must leave you gracious. Grace is the person of Christ. It is God's supernatural provision. Can you be gracious? What is grace or merited favor? Can you look at somebody as you walk away? Look at somebody. Somebody delivered something yesterday to us. And we paid the bills. We paid everything. And the man was just smiling, smiling, smiling. You know when they smile like that, you know what they are smiling for. Korea guy, just smiling. We've paid. We're going now. Father, he says he's very good. <laughs> Smiling. And then I decided to be gracious to him. And then he began to pray for me in the name of Jesus. You, have you met people like that? You just don't. It's not so big. 500 that, that you can just throw at something. 1,000. You see them praying. The Lord bless you. The Lord make his face shine. I say, I mean, what You see, what happened is that they have, you have touched something in them. I know you don't have so much, but can you touch something in somebody? So when I first came to Lagos, I was staying with somebody. And grandma will do something. Grandma will always pack food and go and give it to the gate man. Ah, I didn't understand that. Grandma will pack food. <laughs> and then, first thing we say, hey, I just didn't love you. <laughs> I mean, they will give food. I remember one day the guy was returning our, our plates. The guy returned about 15 plates. And grandma said, let us go and hide the photos in cousin. <laughs> I mean, that is so much. And I said, what are you doing? He said, ah, if we don't do it, who will? So let's just help him. He does not have much. Let's help him. I mean, it is those things. So when she's talking to him, the man really listens. It's not like others. The man listens. You think she gave back to the man. Why? Because the stomach is actually a pathway to life. Do you get what I'm trying to say? If you can minister to the need of somebody through the belly, they will listen to you. They will listen to you. All these cantacross people at workplace, tell them that, can we go to lunch? Ah. You're, you can't miss your promotion because he's praying for you for that promotion. I'm asking you practical things to do today. Reach out to someone. Okay, practical things. Can, you, can I have it on the screen? Reach out to someone that deserves to be cursed. 
I don't know whether you have met people, you have people like that in your life. As pastors, I, I normally have people like that sometimes. I just, you know, you don't want to curse them even in your tongue. You want to curse them in God's tongue. Glory to God. But reach out to them in love. Do something totally unexpected and surprising. Can you plan a visit to someone? That person that you don't like his face. The guy don't want to make your company even exist. Go and visit him. And when you go, go with Ampa. When he closed the door and meet his wife, they will first of all look at each other and say, what just happened? That is being gracious. Is someone gaining something? Is someone gaining something? Number five, by being a model of love. Love is not a feeling. Love is not a place. Um, okay, so love is not a fight. Warren Buffett, Warren, something. It's not Warren Buffett. You like money too much. <laughs> but it's something worth dying for. So love is not a fight, but it's something worth dying for. Love is not a feeling. It's not a thought. It's not in definition. Love, you are giving me the name. Love is an act. Love is what you do. The tangibility of Love is not in words, it's in action. So there's somebody here, let me make it very practical, because we get it when I talk about love. People just get it when I talk about love. Imagine somebody saying he loves you. Baby, I love you so much. I love you. And the, the guy calls you once in a month. And every time he calls you, he's talking about how much he misses you and how much he loves you. Now after 12 months, he now brings a ring. And now call the community. And they say, and then they are crying. Say yes! Say yes! Will you say yes? You'll be profoundly stupid to say yes. Do you understand? Because this person only remembers you once a month. He, does, he hasn't shown love. He can say it with his words, but his act does not align with it. It's time to begin to act in love. We need to become lovers. How to know you love someone is what you do for them. What you do for them. God is saying love is giving people excuses. Now, I, I don't have time. I would have loved to explain this. John chapter 3 and then verse 16 says, For God so loved the word that he gave. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible says, not that we first love him, but that he loved us, made his son the propitiation for our sin. 15, 13, John says, uh, there's no greater love than this, than a man should lay down his life even for a friend. So love is very practical. Love is something you give. Love is something that takes from you. Uh, um, listen, uh, do you remember Jacob and Esau's story? Have you read Jacob and Esau's story? Are you conversant with that story? Can I teach you something about that story today? Jacob, Bible says, Jacob, have I loved? Esau, have I hated? You find that in your scriptures? Do you think, that is, do you think God is partial? Do you think that is wrong? Me, I used to, be, uh, I think it was wrong. Esau was a very good boy. Forget it. I, I, I am hungry. I asked my brother. I I am hungry. I can't ask. He said, give me food. Come to tell me, say, you go take my wife. Because that's what it means. He was taking, he was asking for his life. Yes, you can say he's stupid. The guy who does think and say, if I die here, what is that to me? Why would a good brother ask that? Why? Why? What, what kind of thing is that? Why? He didn't stop there. That boy? That boy called Jacob? He deceived his father. Skamayeni, he was a Jahu boy. You see, he deceived his father. The father came, is that you? The guy don't put skin. Say, Robin, 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 Naim. Sold because of old age, sold goats to father as monkey. 
Okay, you people don't eat monkey. Which one do you? Grass cutter. <laughs> you know, the guy said, go to the grass. Go and get me grass cutter. The guys, goats, himself and his mother, they colluded together. That's, that's international Yahoo. You understand? Colluded together. Have you met Yahoo boys that their mother is the one doing Ogun for them, just for them? And you've met them. And you see, these things are biblical. It's been there from scriptures. He did all of that. And God said, nah, he in love. So I went to God. I said, you have to define what love is for me. Because every attitude of this guy, he went to Laban's house. He almost ruined the guy's business. I didn't want to say he ruined it, but he almost ruined the guy's business. When he was living, these goats, the animals were strong. The other one was working, was, was dealing with the weak ones. He carried everything, carried gone. Let's pursue this guy. He saw the, you see, he knows the culture that you don't marry the younger one before the older one. And Jacob said, No, now the younger one I won't marry. So they dupe him. As they dupe, dupe, you know, they dupe, dupe, the duper, they got duped. And so, as the scammer, the guys come back. He said, I will collect the other one. Now, listen to this. You know what God said to me? God said, you are obviously and absolutely right concerning every negativity in that guy's life. He said, when I love somebody, I give excuses for them. I don't see their faults. Like, I don't see your fault. I just give excuses for you. That's what it means to be in love. That's what it means to be a lover. To give excuses for people. You say, ah, Jacob, ah, ah. But God kept giving excuses. And you see one thing again? God was silenced in the life of Esau. But he was active in the life of Jacob. Active. So apart from the fact that he was giving excuses, God's love shows itself by God being active in your life. Now, what is the drawing point here? If you love someone also, if you are a God seed, the seed of love, Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. So you have the love of God inside of you. How to live that love out is to begin to give excuses for people. They are not going to be perfect, but you are going to have to be giving excuses for them. Have you find somebody who loves somebody and then they are sleeping and you cannot sleep in the next room because they are snoring and the good lady is sleeping? Why? Because love is. He has given excuses. He, he sleeps fully. No, he sleeps snoring. But excuses, he sleeps fully. See the way he's walking. How do you manage that guy? <laughs> that, I, if I, that leg is the sexy thing that makes me marry him. They will give excuses for people. That's love. Begin to give excuses for people. And you now know number two. Become active in their life. What you do is that when people are terrible people, you leave them and you abandon them. God was active in the life of Jacob. Practical things to do. That one taught you, a land where, a land where. Write down the name of the people you find it difficult to love. Maybe because of what they have done to you or for you. Write down that name now, now. It's not tomorrow. Write down. Write it down now. Some of you don't even need to write it down. You, it's, it's, it's like it's embellished. It's, it's engrafted in your heart. That guy deceived you. Say, may come to Lagos. Say, there's a room for you. <laughs> he did not pick his call for one month. So I have a lady too like that. In fact, that one was in Canada. <laughs> Imagine driving from Nigeria to Canada and the call was going. Immediately she got to Canada. The guy was not picking call again. 
Write the name down. And then you love them this week. Can I have an amen? You know, it's a prayer. You will love them this week. Somebody, would you have you? Ah, you will love him this week. <laughs> amen is very difficult. Can I tell someone that they don't have to repent for you to love them? God's signature says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's God's signature. And that will be your signature. Number six, be a faith talker. Be a believer in people. This is very deep. Be a faith talker. Be a believer in people. The whole world is full of negative people. The news is not awesome. I mean, I woke up, before I slept there today, I think I slept around past 12. And one of the things that got to me was that they have, I mean, they have a candidate now in PDP. And the thing got to me, ah, when will this country get better like this for Jesus' sake? Sorry, I'm not political, so let me stop. I mean, but the news will get to you. You will hear some news and ask yourself that, ah, don't we even have sense again? And what's going on? Really? You're trying to get a job, you're trying to get admission, or you're a student probably. And they are not thinking about us. It's, it's gloomy times. Last week, I think, one young boy of 18 years old got mad in Texas, went to a school and shot students, shot students, just got mad. And why was he? He said that he was alone and he had been bullied. And I'm thinking, were you born in Nigeria? As I mean, bully is like a regular... I'm not, I'm not saying that, that's, that bullying is right, but bullying, okay, they bullied you, and then you killed. So they said the guy was, didn't have so much money, but he, ha- he saved $5,000 to buy AR, for AR guns and went and killed people. Do you do a quick math in your head? $5,000. And you are complaining, sweetheart, for your simple mathematics in black market in Nigeria today is about 650K. You did times five of that and you are complaining you are poor. My God, $5,000. And then you went and shot people. It's gloomy times. I'm telling you it's gloomy times. It's terrible times. You hear people being killed for money, ladies being killed for money and all that. Listen, and this is very important, and this is very key. You need to be the spark of light in people's gloomness. To be like Jesus is not difficult, it's just to be light and salt in the world. I can look at this lady here and say, you shall become great. You shall make it. Things are falling in line to you in pleasant places. I know your tomorrow is great. I know it's awesome. When you talk to somebody like that, what do you think happens to them? Every time they need affirmation, you know what they do? They come to you. So I used to do it to a lady. Say, oh, you look so good. <laughs> you look so I now discover that after every service, when service closed, she's coming to me. So she'll be looking at me. So one day I didn't get the clue. And I was, I was talking to her. I said, by the way, your bag is nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so bad that people are so, so boxed that they are tired that you need to be a gloom of light. 
Can you become faith speakers? Look at your neighbor and begin to speak in faith to them. You shall become great. You shall become awesome. Things are falling in line to you in places and places. Come on now. You will become a captain of industries. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, you can look at, I can look at Bro Lucky and say, your gym shall grow. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow. It's going to be an awesome one. People are coming from all over Lucky to you. You are a big trainer. You know, when you talk to somebody like that, do you think if he sees me next week, he will not come again so I can prophesy again? Do you think he will not come? Oh, you have the right. And if you look at some, one of the people he's training, you have the right size. You have the right shape. You are doing well. People will gallivant towards him. They will come more. Even if their shape is not changing, they will believe it is changing. Why? Because he's speaking it. Can we become faith speakers? Can you speak like God? I'm saying the things I want to see now. When I tell her all of those things, I want to make her life beautiful. God calls us to ask in faith. Act in faith. Let me move now. Oh, yeah, practical things to do. I really preach a long sermon today. Amen. I hope I didn't bore you. Oh, what's, what's, what's the first thing you see there? What did I say you should do? So compliment somebody beside you. I thought I thought I ain't bad. There will be something in them that's nice. I like your braid. Here are you. Wow. Wow. You know, it, it means that you need to be intentional. Because I'm not saying just go around and just be saying rubbish. You understand what I'm saying? You have to be very intentional. You look at them. I mean, when I saw Tommy this morning, I greeted Tommy. I didn't, I didn't I say, ah, this is your chain, eh? I mean, just small thing like that. He said, ah, that guy, they look my chain. Ah, are you? You see, he does something. Even if you are not proud, he will do something to you. Compliment does things to people. Can you do it to people? Can you give it? We can make the world a better place. When you compliment people on a regular and constant basis, then you tell them, let's go to church. Let's go to Jesus. They will follow you. Because a lot of people are talking them down. You speak and you act like you're in competition with everybody in the world. It's like if you, your, their own shine must dull before your own shine will shine. That's a street English. It's not okay. <laughs> speak scriptures into their lives. Believe the best in people. Speak greatness into people. You know you are going to be great. Ah, you're going to be great. You're going to be very awesome. I mean, you're going to need people to follow you. I'm not lying. I'm telling you what scriptures has already said. Bible says, I will increase your greatness and comfort you on every side. 71, 21 Psalms. So when I'm telling you that, I'm saying, you know you are going to be great. I'm telling you what God has said. Homologue you. Saying what God has said. Confession. We're going to, after this is, we're going to be talking about the word of God. And I'm super excited about that. I love the word of God. Just genuinely believe in them. Jesus called failed fishermen. Failed. What, what do you mean? They have failed. No, they, is, if, if it was George that was dealing with them, they, said they, they didn't make sales. They didn't make pitch. They didn't do anything. They caught empty all day. I imagine being married to John. <laughs> if you are married to John, you say, Baba, could you could see <laughs> Nothing again. <laughs> say, I don't understand. <laughs> say, you need to go and say, Prophet, oh. <laughs> this empty fish, you are just coming and going the same way. But he met Jesus. And you know what Jesus said? He said, I'll make you fishers of men. 
spoke greatness. That was why they were following him everywhere. They were failed people. Their wives had been telling them they had failed before. And then they met Jesus. And Jesus kept telling them, you are great. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Of course, will you do? They just kept following him. And that's important. And then finally, you need to be a giver. Now, what is the best thing you have ever given out? The most valuable? Maybe mine will be shoes, laptop, uh, maybe wristwatches. I don't know. I've, I've done a few. What have you given out? Listen, if you don't give, you will not have. It's not a cost. I'm not saying bring to church. But you have to bring to church, actually. This is the truth. But the truth is that you have to give people. You have to be a giver. A giver of all things. God said, I gave my son. Nobody really have nothing. You see, I don't have no, I have nothing. We all have little. Your little blessings. Now, God told me this, and it's been remarkable ever since. That your little blessing is somebody else's testimony. That thing you are not using again is what somebody else is praying for. It's what somebody else is praying for. You must be a giver. Constantly give. It's time to purge your wardrobe. I went to a lady's house in students in Lauren. I remember, I will never forget. She had a box of only jean. A box of only jean. This is, it, her, her shoes were so big in the place, the thing had broken and started packing the shoes. I have never in my life, I, I went on my mind, I said, you don't have anything. I've never seen a lady. I, she, I mean, shoes, the rack broke and everything was on the floor. She was, she, I said, why is your house in a mess? I don't know, they are too much. Including food. I went with the campus, I just said, carry two boxes of Indomies. Carry, 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 carry spaghetti, carry everything. She does not cook. She just, she just everything was there. I said, take it to campus fellowship today and share. Let us be a blessing for her. She does not, people are like that. And she, every time she comes home, she goes, she goes back to school, she's bringing new boxes. And the one she has, has already become a burden onto her. You know, we delight in how many issues, you know, wedge, wedge, pointed toe, pointed toe. Sander, sander, ahi, sander, wedge, sander. You know, ladies do that. Uh, and you, you have lots of things. It's time to purge your wardrobe. There are clothes you have not worn in six months. You don't need them. Clothes you have not worn in a year. You don't need them. God's signature is given. James chapter 1 verse 5. Do anyone lack wisdom? Let him ask. To God who give liberally without rep- and operated not. And if I can do it, will I not give? Paul told the Corinthians, you are bound in all gifts, but it's time to also abound in the gift of giving. Practical things to do this week as we close. So look at your wardrobe. Look at what you can give. Ladies don't like talking about wardrobes. But you are going to talk about it. You came to church, so we're going to talk about it. Look at your wardrobe and what can you give? Amen. My wife would, would talk a lot, and then we're talking one of these days, and you know, some people have outgrown their clothes, but they'll keep it. They say they are coming down. So they will keep it. Do you understand that? 
<laughs> I, see, I love that clothes. He has become an idol. Give it out. The easiest way to read the art of people, sorry, that art is supposed to be H-E-A-R-T. The easiest way to reach a heart of people is by giving to them. This week, all of us here must give something now. All of us. All of us must give something now. You know, there are shoes that we, I entered it like this and I know that, ah, are you? This shoe cannot enter me. And then I started trying to manipulate the shoe by expansion. By expansion. And even with all the expansion, it's still not my size. So I know that I was supposed to be a route and it wasn't for me. You know, God blesses us sometimes because we are just route. And the more God can trust you as a route, the more he will pass blessings through you. The good thing about passing blessings through you is that the tanker that carries fuel will also have fuel. Is that you would always have. And that's the truth about living. We must not think about ourselves and we alone. We are constantly and consistently as a church raising a selfish generation. It's about what you have, how much you have. And we have become shopaholics. We, we just have a lot of things that we never use and we never even really need. And that's why many people are in debt. Because they don't, you have what they don't need. And they keep servicing what they don't need. And it's time to give. It's time to give. Bow down your head, bow down your heart. Thank you for listening. This has been The Living Word. If you have been blessed by this teaching or for counseling or any other inquiry, kindly send us an email to pfa at theransomedhouse.com or fisayoadenii at yahoo.com or please call 0912-772-3824. The Ransomed House, empowering people to live for Jesus.